Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And today is no exception. I'm super excited to have my friend, Becca Poutney with us. She is the UK's number one wedding business marketing expert. She really helps them build a network of wedding industry contacts, and she provides all kinds of great advice around marketing strategy, and she has a bunch of business training. She's been featured on places like BBC, Huffington Post, the Herald and Post, and now on Seminary. That just fits, it just rolls off the tongue. Uh, she also has her own podcast called Wedding Pros Who Are Ready to Grow. Becca, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Thanks for having me, Rich. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Now, people might be saying, wait a second, this is a little different than a normal uh, podcast, which is exactly right. But why don't, before we get into what we're talking about today, kind of give me a bit of your background. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your business. Tell us about, you know, what you do, who you help, all that kind of stuff. Fill in that picture. Yeah, absolutely. So my background is actually in television and radio marketing. And I worked in that industry in live TV for a few years. And then I got married and wanted to start a family. And I decided that the television and radio industry just wasn't conducive to any of those things because I wanted to be there for my kids. I wanted to see my husband and the hours were crazy. So I jumped across, started a wedding videography business so that I could work it around my kids. And I started a networking group because I'm big on building relationships, building connections. So I set up a little group in my area to start networking with other wedding professionals and inviting them along. And very quickly, it became apparent that they were asking me a lot about sales and marketing because that was what mm. my background was in, in the television mm -hmm. and radio. And I found that I could just spend a few minutes with people and really help elevate their business. And they said to me, it's really different because most people keep secrets back. They don't want to share. They don't mm. want to help us grow. And <laughs> I was like, I don't understand that. I want like a rising tide raises all ships. Let's all help each other. And so that's how it started, really. And I started very local, just helping people with their social media, helping them with their visibility. And over time, it's grown. I now have a wedding blog for couples all about planning their wedding. I have wedding industry courses, my podcast membership. And it's just my heart, really, to see people grow in their businesses and realize that they can do something that fits around their family, around their kids, and still be successful. Love it. Well, um, friends, Becca and I are in a coaching group with a guy by the name of Chris Ducker. He was on the podcast actually about a year ago. Uh, and we got talking uh, about our kind of shared background. And there's this interesting kind of overlap between uh, what we do in the church world, trying to uh, serve our communities and what Becca does with her people in, you know, weddings. And so we just kind of stumbled on this thing. And I was like, wait, I just learned something new. You know, they, they talk about the Jahari window, right? There's that like, you, it's like a whole area of thing you did not know. And then all of a sudden, you know it. Now you see it everywhere. And, uh, and she shared with me this fact that apparently, and I want you to kind of flesh this out for us. Apparently, 
folks in the wedding planning, wedding kind of industry, they look at you and I, friends, church leaders, in a non-favorable light. How about we say it that way? <laughs> tell, tell us about this. What, 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 this. This kind of shocked me. And then, and then I, as I thought about it more, I was like, oh, maybe it shouldn't actually shock me. But I want to talk about this today. We want to ultimately move towards solutions. But, but tell me about it. What, when you're talking to other wedding planning pros, people about your, uh, you know, about working with church leaders, what do they say? Okay, so this is something that's really close to my heart because it breaks my heart every time I hear people speaking about the church. So I'm a Christian. I became a Christian at 18. Um, I love Jesus and I go to church. And when I talk to people in my industry about their experience of church as a wedding professional, it's incredibly negative. And often even they might not even realize I'm a Christian yet. And they're just talking openly about their experience. And they'll see things like, I just hate having weddings at churches. I wish I never got booked for weddings at churches. And because of my interest in the area, I often dig a little bit deeper into that conversation mm-hmm. and try and understand, well, why? Like, why are you so anti-church weddings? So after me and you got chatting, Rich, I posted in my group. So I have a group um, of just under a thousand wedding professionals. And I just posed the question, tell me what you think about church weddings. <laughs> oh, to good. just get some insight. Oh, oh yeah, this is good. Juicy, juicy insight. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> So here's some juicy stuff because this is direct from the wedding professionals. So the first comment was interesting to me because the first person said, I think churches are a place where people should get married. So there's obviously that kind of undertone that people still see church and marriage and weddings Mm. as the same thing, like traditional. So they'd say things like, oh, I don't actually go to church or I only go at Christmas, but I definitely wanted to get married in a church. So that was kind of insight Mm. one. Okay, people still link you know, Christianity, church, together with weddings. Mm -hmm. Then came the hard-hitting stuff, and I'm going (laughs) to share it as it is, and then we're going to find the solutions afterwards. So people had lots of complaints around the access to church buildings, not being able to park, not being able to Mm. get into the buildings, photographers turning up last because they've been taking photos at the getting ready situation. They've turned up at the church. There's nowhere for them to park. And then they're late. Mm. Uh, We had people talking about the amount of rules surrounding Mm. church weddings. So they say, as soon as they see church wedding, they see rules, so many rules. Mm. They can't do this. They can't do that. Whereas when they're getting married in a hotel, there's not so many rules and they see church and mm. rules combined uh grumpy vicars grumpy pastors was huge <laughs> on the list so which again it just these things hurt my heart like to hear mm. it just i'm like no this is not what we want to hear so <laughs> turning up to weddings people being rude to them people saying mm. we don't like you kind of people because you're annoying when you're taking photos of the wedding one awful story where the vicar made the photographer sit outside for the duration of the ceremony in the snow because he did not trust her not to take a photo during the ceremony um, oh and poor communication. So, so many sad negative things surrounding this. And I thought, okay, I can see this now. I can see why you're saying mm. to me, we don't like church weddings because they've equated all of these negative things with being booked for a church wedding. And we know mm-hmm. that that doesn't need to be the experience, but that is mm-hmm. what's happening out there. Wow. Yeah. So that's, so I love how you broke that down. Obviously the practical thing, the um, rules, grumpy pastors, poor communication. Um, now it's funny. This was the same experience I had when we talked where I was like, initially I was like, on behalf of all my dear listeners, I was like defensive. I was like, no, that can't be the case. But then I paused very quickly and I was like, oh no, I can see this, this, I can see why this happens. Like I can, I can see it from the, you know, the, the church side, 
you know, I think there, this can be one of those places where we intersect with people who don't normally attend church. And although our, like our intentions might be good, what actually rolls out is not that, uh, not that helpful. Can we zero in on those last two grumpy pastors and poor communication particularly? Cause I feel like those, man, we could, we could cover a lot of ground there. Talk us, talk to us about those. What, you know, what were the kinds of things people were experiencing, you know, in around those issues? So one thing around poor communication is that when they turn up to a wedding at a hotel, at a registry office, often the suppliers have had a lot of contact with those places ahead of time. Mm. So maybe Mm -hmm. the venue, people have reached out, they expect to see their insurance certificates, and they have conversations about the venue, how it works, all of those kind of things. It seems to be when they have a church wedding that they're just expected to turn up on the day and then find mm. those things out for themselves. So there's definitely a gap there where there's just not that same level of expectation because wedding professionals, you know, they understand whatever building they're in, whether it's a listed building, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a church, there's going to be different restrictions, different mm-hmm things that are going to come up, but they're willing to adapt to if they can know that back and forth. So I think that was one of the big things. The second one was along the grumpy pastor (laughs) scenario. I think I understand it, right? Because all of these people are coming in and I think it's easy for us to have a mindset of, oh, these people are just coming here to get married in a church and they don't really care about what's going Mm. on in the church. They just want the pretty building. And we're kind of looking at that with the wrong headspace. And so I think sometimes that can reflect because you know we know that couples can be demanding. They can have ridiculous expectations. They can want us to work and they want mm-hmm. to do their rehearsal at a certain time of day and it doesn't fit in with us. And so we can come to the, the table in a bit of a negative headspace. And I hope mm-hmm. what we get out of today and what I want to encourage people who are listening to <laughs> is to let's stop thinking about the, the difficulties of these things. But let's flip it around and realize this is an incredibly exciting opportunity. And Mm -hmm. we should be using these events, these weddings, these things that are are bringing people into our church for good. And we should be excited about them. Yeah, I love it. You know, even that, and and we are going to get to some solutions here, friends. So don't worry, we're not just going to keep picking this scab. Uh, But, you know, on the communication piece, that's like one of those uh, in lo- lots of the or re- or lots of the churches that are listening in on the weekends, they're trying to do things to frame the experience for people who are not normally here. You know, we're we're trying to figure out what we can do to ensure that people feel comfortable. But I can see where, man, if we just put a little bit of work into even just putting together like a one or two page PDF that just kind of talked about, hey, this is how this is how our building works. Here is where the bathrooms are. You know, here is the, you know, those kinds of things, man, that could go a long way. And, and you know, this is where, and this is what I love about you. You're such a positive, you know, future oriented, you want to make things better person, which is great. But to me, I, I listened listen to this and I thought, man, wouldn't it be amazing if the people who are listening to this podcast got the reputation in their town, because it seems like this is like industry-wide. Wouldn't it be amazing if they were the people that got the reputation in their town of being like, you know, I don't really like all those other churches, but that one church, man, they're amazing. Like they're, we, and, and it became actually a referral source. It became like, hey, I'm going to actually point, wedding pros are actually going to point people towards uh, your church. So maybe let's pivot into solutions a little bit. What, what are some of the things I'm going to leverage the fact that you're the pro help us understand what can we do better to serve wedding pros as they engage with our ministries? Okay. So the first thing is we need to understand the size and the excitement of the opportunity, and we need to be praying Mm -hmm. into that. So Mm -hmm. I grabbed some statistics before this call, because I just love having some numbers to understand the size of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So 
In the media, you will hear all the time church weddings are in decline. And that is true. The trend is that church weddings are going down. However, Mm. there's still a lot of them happening. So here in the UK, 18% of weddings are happening in church buildings. Now, in the UK, that's 39,945 church weddings happening a year. Now, if we imagine for a second that on the conservative side, 50 guests are coming to that wedding, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just shy of 2 million people entering a church building in a calendar year to come to a wedding. Now, if we look at the US, which is obviously Mm -hmm. a huge, hugely bigger market. Mm -hmm. So we know Mm -hmm. that 22% of weddings in the US happen in a religious building. So even if we say, okay, some of them might be other religions, let's take 15% as coming into a church. That's 345,000 church weddings in a year, which means Again, a conservative estimate of 50 people coming into the building. That's 17 million people Hmm. coming to into a church building for a wedding every year. This is an incredibly exciting opportunity. And we need to be thinking, like, we need to be praying that people want to come into our church Mm -hmm. building, that they want to have their weddings here. And how can we use that as an opportunity to show them Jesus and to show Mm -hmm. them that we're a welcoming place, that we're a great place to be? So mm-hmm. that's the first thing I think people Love need it. to do is just kind of understand how exciting this is. And it, it is exciting. When I got married myself way back in 2010, I knew it was one of the only opportunities I was really going to have to invite all of my friends and family into a church building to have them sit down be there because mm. they they love me and my mm. now husband, but also listen to someone preaching, singing mm. the songs, like doing all of the things. And I knew this is exciting. I need to make the most of this opportunity and mm-hmm. make sure everyone who comes to my wedding leaves feeling joyful and knowing that church is a good place. Mm, yeah, I love that. That's that's a massive. I would have, if you would have asked me, you know, what is the numbers? I would have never guessed they were that high. I would have never guessed, man, but it's true. And and I think 50s shy, like that's that's a low number, you know, because I you would know what what's the average wedding size, say in the UK? What is the average, you know, that people are having at a reception or whatever? Yeah, usually between 80 and 150 guests. So 50 okay. is on the conservative side. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. And you know, there's obviously there's probably two ways to look at this, or there's probably more than two ways to look at this, but you know, there are the, the bride and the groom and like the, the wedding pro. And if there's musicians, there's like the people that are the closest, the tight group that you're, that you're going to interact with as a church. But then there's also just the guests in general. What, what do you think we could be doing from a solutions point of view to try to serve those groups, to try to turn around this uh, negative perception that's out there? Okay, so the first thing is that we need to make sure we're welcoming and accommodating to everybody from day Mm -hmm. dot. So just as we would for your Christmas services, your Easter services, your Sunday services, Mm -hmm. like have people around welcoming people. Maybe you can offer a car park attendant that can help people park. Maybe you've got Mm -hmm. a representative from the church on the door or offering to serve Mm -hmm. tea and coffee. Like be super welcoming because people Mm -hmm. are coming into your space and your building. And if we were going into a hotel, we would expect the reception staff, the bar staff, everyone to be on board with the wedding day. So it's no different in a church. So that first moment that the bride and groom come through the doors, (laughs) the pros come through the doors and every single guest that's coming to that wedding, they should have an incredible welcome Mm -hmm. and they should Mm -hmm. feel part of that building. So that's my first thing. And then be really accommodating to people. So understanding that people 
don't understand church, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that things are well signed, that there's mm -hmm. understanding of whether they can use the bathroom. Do they have to stand up for the songs? Like be really, mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. accommodating mm -hmm. to people because this may be the first time they've ever stepped foot in a church. And for many people, it may be the first and possibly last time they come into your church building. Mm -hmm. I love that. So I love this idea of, you know, go out of our way to be more welcoming, um, you know, and even to, you know, find a volunteer group that could help with this, this, or could be paid people or whatever, but if uh, a team of people to help with these, you know, these things, I, yeah, that's a, to me is a great opportunity. There for sure are people in all of our churches who love weddings. There for sure is that group of people that um, would be willing to say, you know what, I, you know, it might end up being a dozen times if you're a really busy location, it might be a dozen, it might be 20 times a year you're giving up uh, you know, a Saturday part of a weekend to come and to help serve. It doesn't necessarily need to be you, pastor or vicar, if I happen to be in the UK. Um, you know, to to serve there. But what a great way to get people uh, engaged. Now, when you think about this um, accommodation piece, drill into this a little bit more. What would you say some of the uh, the tight spots where you know maybe photographers are pushing back or people are like, ah, what? they just they just, they treat their building with too much. They're too pristine. They're too you know they're 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 just they they treat it too much with kid kid gloves. What would be some of those things we should be thinking about where we could be more common going out of our way? Yes. Yeah, so when it comes to working with the professionals who are coming into the building, first of all, speak to the couple and find out who they're inviting along. So have they got a photographer? Mm. Have they got a videographer? Are they getting a florist involved? Like find mm. out all the information upfront. They'll be able to tell you that information and get an understanding about what those people need. Do they need access to the building or when are they coming in? All of those kind of things. So again, communication is key. We need to understand that first of all. Then I would recommend having some conversations with some of the key suppliers or at least offering to have those conversations. Mm, so, hey, if you've good. got a photographer, like here's my, here's the details of our pastor or our wedding team or whoever it is. Mm. And uh, we'd love to chat beforehand about the logistics, get in touch, let's have a quick call and we can mm -hmm. talk these things through. So the, the photographer, the videographer feels part of it already. They, they mm -hmm. feel like, wow, these people really care. They want to make the experience good for me. And then mm -hmm. in that conversation, we can identify some of these tight spots. So we mentioned mm -hmm. at the beginning, a very simple one is parking. So mm -hmm. if you know your photographer or your videographer has got to rush in last minute, they've got to get the shots, they're under pressure, they're stressed. Like, can we just reserve them a parking space? Can we stick mm -hmm. a cone in a car park? Can we tell them ahead of time? This is the yes. photographer's parking space because they need to get there and then they need to make a quick getaway at the end as well. So it's mm -hmm. things like that. If we have these conversations and understand the requirements, do we need, you know, is there going to be a florist in our building for eight hours? Is there someone there that can bring them a cup of tea or mm -hmm. have a chat with them? Or, you know, it's, it's the basic things, but mm -hmm. there's so many opportunities. And then... The final thing as well on helping these pros is talking about expectations. So mm. there may be some things around being in the church or things that you expect as a church that you want to mm -hmm. portray to these people. So explain mm -hmm. to them, if, if you don't want people taking photos during the service, make sure the couple and the photographer know that upfront and make accommodations for it. Explain mm. to them how it works in your setup. But also, I would also challenge you as you're listening to think, why do we have some of these rules in place? And yes. do we need them? Like, are, yes. are they actually rules we need? Or mm -hmm. have we just built rules upon rules upon rules because they've been in in the in the church rule book for forever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Like, I think 
you know, I think there's a lot of people who we wouldn't, we don't treat our buildings like they're magical places, like they're, they're a tool that God's given us to use. Uh, but, you know, sometimes these things, they take on an extra weight because it's a, a religious building. It's like, you know, I remember when I was in uh, student ministry, when I first started out in, in ministry, I didn't know that there was a rule that you're not supposed to have confetti at the church. This is like a thing, you know, weddings, no confetti. And so, um, we did a new year's Eve party and I had like a whole bunch of confetti and I knew it was going to be a mess. I was like, listen, I know this thing's going to be a mess. And, uh, so I, and I, so I had planned for it. We're going to like get all this stuff cleaned. It's going to take a long time, but we're going to get clean. But man, I got like my hand slapped big time. Like, man, it was like, you did the wrong thing. And you know, it, it takes on an extra weight. And I was like an employee of the church. I was like the youth pastor. Um, and I felt dumb about that. Like, I was like, oh, I, I can't believe that. And it takes, it takes on an extra weight. I think we might forget that as church leaders, that when we're criticizing or explaining a rule like that, there's something about the fact that it's a church building. It feels like, oh, that's, it's not just like I'm renting some hall where they said no confetti. It feels like, oh, now I've done something terrible because I did this in, uh, in the church. And so be conscious of that. And I think it's okay to have those. Maybe talk us through if you're if you're a church leader and you have a rule like that, like saying no confetti. How do we have that conversation in a way and to not come across as a jerk beyond being beyond saying don't be a jerk? But what what can we do to try to explain that to people? Okay, so let's go with the confetti one because that comes up a lot. So just explain mm. your reasons behind it. So as a church, we don't really like having confetti because it blows over the neighbors. It's bad for the environment, whatever your reasons are, but then give them solutions. So say to them, mm. you know, what's worked well before is we have dried flowers and dried flower confetti is better for the environment. It's better mm. for the, you know, when it blows over it, it looks beautiful in the photos. Mm. We're more than happy for you to use that kind of confetti. If you want any recommendations, here's someone that we know that's done mm. it before. So oh, give people good. solutions rather than objections or say to them you know we don't want to have confetti outside the front of the church building however you know there's this great green space just around the back we're more than mm. happy for you to do it there if you want us to show it it looks great in photos so just explain to people if there's a rule why the rule's in place and then mm -hmm. try and find something to overcome it with Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So anything else on the solution side, I would say kind of on the defensive, like responding to, and then I want to ask you the proactive question. So how, what can we do to actually try to, you know, leverage this opportunity? So one more thing I want to talk about when it comes to solutions is thinking about the couple itself. So we've talked about mm. professionals, we've talked about people coming in to the church as a guest, but what about the couple? Because they're the people that we're going to have the most interaction with potentially as a mm -hmm. church leader. So first mm -hmm. of all, if someone approaches you about getting married in the church, try not to in like straight away judge them and think, oh, they just want to use my building. <laughs> think, okay, there must be something that's made them think they would like to get married in a church. And as I said at the beginning, people still equate church and marriage together. I think a really interesting thing is I have a wedding blog and we talk about everything to do with weddings. It's not a Christian mm -hmm. wedding blog. It is just a wedding blog mm -hmm. in the UK. Do you know mm -hmm. what my best performing blog post is every single month and every single year? It is no. this, the five Bible readings for your church wedding. Every month, every year, my best performing blog post huh. on my wedding blog in the UK is five Bible readings for your church wedding. Again, that tells us something. People mm. are interested in Christianity and church when it comes to their wedding day. So if you have a couple approach you, again, see it as an exciting opportunity. Meet with them. Get to mm -hmm. know them, talk to them, find out about their background, find out about why they've decided that your place would be a good place to get married. 
And then think about how you can work with them and build a relationship with them over time. So I've known some churches who do great things with the marriage course. So they don't make it a mm-hmm. requirement for someone getting mm-hmm. married in their church, but they mm-hmm. suggest it. They say, we do this great course. You know, before you get married, you can come, you can meet with a, an, another couple in our church. So you'll get dinner. You can sit down, you go through this marriage course, and it's a great preparation for your wedding day. And I've mm-hmm. had friends here in the UK who've who've gone through that. They're not church people, but they've got married in a church and they loved it because Mm -hmm. they had that experience that, you know, as church members, church leaders, we get used to hospitality. We get used to people cooking us meals and serving meals up in the church. But lots of people are not used to that. So if someone says, like, we're going to cook you a lovely dinner, we're going (laughs) to help you with your marriage, and we're going to talk you through this marriage course, like Mm -hmm. that's an exciting opportunity and they love it. So so really think about that. Friends, if you're looking for a resource on that, uh, our friends at Alpha, they do it. They do, it's called, they actually do two of them. One's called the marriage course. And then the other is they have one actually literally targeted the pre-marriage course. Uh, the pre-marriage course is only five sessions long. It's really easy. It's free for you to do as a church. The videos are amazing. Um, they've, it's a layup. It's available in like a whole bunch of different languages. Like it, it really is a layup for you if you're looking to add that to your game. And again, you know, I know you know this, friends, but you know this doesn't mean that you necessarily need to do this. You could get a volunteer in your church to put this together, put together a small team, and say, "Hey, um, you know, we're going to offer this pre-marriage course." Um, is there? Uh, so I love that five Bible readings. I, I so first of all, that tees up exactly where I was going to next, which is how do we see this as a as an opportunity, really, rather than just being defensive and like, "Hey, let's make sure we get the right PDFs and and get the cone out and all that, so we do the right stuff." What should we be? Because I think there's a there's a real opportunity here for us to reach out to our communities. Give us a sense of if you were to coach a church around how we could leverage this. Maybe try to be more attractive to say, "Hey, we're looking for church or weddings to come to our church." What are some of the things we should be thinking about? Okay, so in the wedding service itself, if you're giving a message in that service, you need to really think that through and really Mm. pray it through as well. Mm. Like this for me is one of the biggest opportunities. So I talked about my own wedding. And one of the things that I thought was this may be the only gospel message some of these people ever hear. And so we actually booked an evangelist for our wedding to come and speak, who was a really great speaker. We, but we spoke to him about, you know, we want you to give a great message. We want you to give a clear message, but we want you to give a message that is really inclusive for people to hear isn't too mm-hmm. long is mm-hmm. is exciting for people to hear and he really <laughs> like he really gave a great message and mm-hmm. if you are getting the the joy the benefit the privilege of of speaking at someone's wedding that you may not know very well like pray it through and really remember the opportunity that you've got. So that's one thing. Definitely think about the message. Um, Also, I just wanted to talk as well on, you know, these people coming into your church, remember they might not understand church. So there's Mm -hmm. an opportunity with helping them through these Bible readings. Which Bible readings should they have and why and what do they mean? And talk them through that process. Song choices is huge, right? We go to weddings and they have the same five songs at every wedding that they sang in assembly at school because they Mm -hmm. don't know any other church songs. But actually, (laughs) why don't we share some songs with them? I had a work colleague a few years ago get married and he was getting married in a church. He came to me and said, Becca, we need some help with song choices. We're thinking all things bright and beautiful. Do you have anything else? I'm like, please, let's find something else. Mm. So I put them together, a Spotify <laughs> playlist of songs like In Christ Alone, In Amazing mm. Grace, that they didn't know. And they were like, 
wow, these songs are amazing. And they had In Christ Alone at their wedding while they signed the register. Hmm. You know, these tiny little opportunities to just understand and talk people through are huge. In terms of attracting people into your into your church building, understanding that it's a place where people can get married, like network, find out who the wedding professionals are in your area. Maybe mm-hmm. invite them in, like have a little event where you showcase like a hotel would, like mm-hmm. what happens that you're getting married in our church. Talk to talk to local vendors, talk to local people and, and find out what's going on in your area. Put information out there about getting married in a church. Mm-hmm. Write a blog mm-hmm. post for a wedding blog about the mm-hmm. opportunity of getting married in your church. Like, do all of the things that you would do mm-hmm. in any other area of church life, but with a mm-hmm. focus on people getting married. Yeah, like I see these wedding shows. So it's been a while since I've been married. I see these like wedding shows. Like they'll be at like the Holiday Inn on a weekend, and they'll be like, uh, "Is that the kind of thing? Like, as a church leader, should I be going to that? Maybe a chance to." you know, interact with some of the vendors there, even just pick up a bunch of business cards. What if I was trying to get our name out there or should I get a booth at that thing? Or tell me about that. I love wedding shows because it is an opportunity to be like hands-on in the wedding industry and talk to people. So mm-hmm. you should 100% go and visit some of your local wedding shows. So just go around, talk to people, make friends, find out what's going on in the area and talk to them about your church. Because exactly as you said earlier, Rich, wouldn't it be great if your church was the place where everyone's like, you have to go get married there mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. so welcoming, so friendly and so forward thinking. Getting a booth, I would love nothing more than to walk into the national wedding show here in the UK and see a church with a booth talking about the marriage course, talking about like giving advice on church weddings, talking to people about how to pick songs, how to pick Mm. Bible readings, giving Mm -hmm. them advice and talking to them about it. The other thing is um, working with vendors on things like photo shoots. So one thing that wedding vendors have to do a lot is work together and create photo shoots. And just this Mm. last week, actually, someone in my members group said, does anyone know a church where we could do a photo shoot? Do you think they would let us? Question mark. Hmm. And so again, if you're a place that's saying, look, hey, our building's empty on a Wednesday lunchtime. If you want to come in, take some photos, you know, set up a wedding, like, please come on in, use the building. We'd more than Hmm. welcome that. Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. Even being proactive with those other, you know, because there'd be people like florists and stuff like that. They're going to try to show and they're looking for a place. And this, you know, this actually reminds me of my own wedding. We, there was like this side room that if you were, if you just kind of walked into the place we got married, you would not know it was there, but it was like this beautiful spot. It's got this like stained glass and all this really cool. And we got these really cool pictures in there. Uh, But you know, if the person who was hosting us hadn't kind of gone out of their way and said, Hey, we also have this place over here. I don't know. The photographer wouldn't have known. They'd never done a, a thing there. I wouldn't have known. We wouldn't have known. So even tried to proactively think like, Oh, this is a great place. You know, if there's places around your building, uh, you know, to to do this. I also think this is one of those areas where, frankly, uh, if you've got an older church building, um, you have a real advantage over some of us that do churches in like the big gray box, which is mostly the kind of churches I've led in. And so we typically, you know, it's not like it doesn't look that nice. It looks more like a, you know, a concert hall than it does, a, you know, a church, but it's a real opportunity for you to leverage that and say like, hey, here's Here's a cool spot you could use. It does look traditional. It looks like the wedding in uh, in uh, you know in the movies or whatever. Uh, that is so cool. Well, this has been a great conversation. Anything else you'd like to to share? Anything else you want us kind of as we start to wrap up today's episode? 
I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, to just really pray through and think about this opportunity because it's easy to dismiss these couples, but every single couple that's approaching you about getting married has their own story and they're worth spending some time with. So every time mm. someone messages you about getting married in your church building, try and change your perspective and think, okay, God's led these people to me. What are we going to do with this? Yeah, that is so good, Becca. I really appreciate that. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your uh, your kind and gentle coaching today, Becca. You're you're helping tons, thousands of church leaders do this better. So I really, really appreciate that. Where do we want to send people online uh, if they want to track with you, kind of see, you know, get to know you more, uh, get a sense of what you're up to? So you can go and check out my wedding blog, vicinityweddings.co.uk. If you want to write a blog post about your church building and why people should get married there, please do. I would more than welcome it. We know that that <laughs> content does well on the blog. Or go and check me out at beccapoutney.com. Yeah, I love it so much. This is good. Now, there might be people that are listening in uh, who they may know people in the wedding industry. What are the kinds of people that, you know, they're, they're, you know there's a lot of church leaders listening in that that may uh, that, that they should be pointing towards you? Like maybe they've got photographers or they've got people in their church. What, what are the kinds of people that that kind of track with you? Yes, please send people my way. Anyone who's got a business in wedding floristry, cake making, stationery design, DJs, wedding venues, basically anyone that puts together the wedding day, please feel free to send them my way. And um, yeah, I'd love to work with them and encourage them to understand why church weddings are not that bad after all. Love it. Well, thanks so much for being here, Becca. I appreciate your uh, your leadership and your support. And friends, uh, th hopefully today's been encouraging for you and you've given you some ideas to think about uh, as we go to as we move forward and try to serve the communities around us. So thanks a lot, Becca. Appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.